This is the final week in our How to Pray series and it's been a great time, hasn't it, to understand more of what prayer is, how we can pray, how we can use those prayer practices um, that we've shared and are available on our website. And in this last week, we are going to be looking at spiritual warfare and how we can pray into that. And I actually feel so honoured and privileged that I get to speak on this topic today because I do truly believe that God wants to speak to us today and highlight the need for us to be praying wartime type prayers, particularly in this season that we find ourselves in. And such a, a talk as this and a subject of this, uh, I would love to do in person with you, but we can't. And so I do hope that maybe you've got some people around you today and if you haven't, then we still want you to feel connected uh, through Holy Spirit and believe that God will speak to you today. I can definitely tell you it has been a challenge for me this week preparing this talk. I have felt um, under some of that uh, spiritual attack that we're going to be talking about. My talk, I wrote it twice and on both occasions, my computer which never normally does this, uh, totally lost the talk twice. My whole computer crashed and didn't recover the documents. Um, I've had other challenges. I've seen challenges amongst some of my friends and family. Um, and so it's been one of those tough weeks, but actually it's from that place that I know that God then wants to speak to us this morning. And actually on the flip side of that, I've also had a week where I've been uh, surrounded by imagery to do with battles. Actually, in the stage of life that I'm at, I kind of have that quite regularly at the moment because our two boys are the ones that pick up a stick and instantly turn it into a sword or some kind of weapon or a lightsaber. And hear me when I say, we are trying to teach them to not fight and to be kind and to, uh, you know, not kind of get carried away too much in that way but there is a little part of me that doesn't want to stop that completely because I want to help them still have that same energy and channel that into their faith journey and their prayer life. They teach me through what I see them doing when they pick up uh, their sword and they go attack and battle. Um, I want that to be what I do in my prayer life when I'm faced with a challenge. I don't know about you, I don't always feel ready to fight. I don't always feel like I've got what I need, but actually our prayers need to be both contemplative and combative. As Christians, we are called to stand up to the darkness in the name of Jesus and to recognise that there is a battle going on and the enemy does not want us to fulfill the destinies that God has mapped out for us. And so that is where we find ourselves this morning. And as we look to God's word, it's going to be a very familiar passage that you will have heard a number of times in Ephesians. This passage comes after the first three chapters of Ephesians, focus on the blessings that we have in Jesus and how a steward Oyat puts it, puts it, infinitely rich. We are infinitely rich as Christians. 
the next three chapters have expressed that we need to live differently, but it's not easy. And then Paul almost finishes his letter with instead of a PS of I love you, it's a PS of Christian living is not easy and we are in a spiritual battle. And we know that when Paul wrote this letter, he could have been chained to a Roman soldier as he was under house arrest. And so I'm going to pray for us before we look at this scripture together to ask Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning. So Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you that you want to speak to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you um, that you uh, want to illuminate these words to us afresh today, even though they are familiar to many of us. Do that wherever we're at and listening to this now in Jesus name. Amen. So we're going to be starting at verse 10 from chapter 6 of Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. First and foremost, spiritual battle is real. It is a battle that we join when we choose Jesus. And verse 12 indicates what um, our struggles are against. It comes down to a battle of good versus evil because the enemy wants us to turn away from God. The most important thing to remember always is that we do not need to be fearful because God has, through Jesus, already won the battle. But we live in the in the place of now and not yet of the kingdom. When Jesus returns, the battle will be completely over. But until then, even though it's won, we still have to be watchful and prepared for the schemes of the enemy. The passage I just read is littered with wartime and military language. Be strong strength for the conflict, stand against, wrestle against, even if flaming arrows are being shot at us, stand our ground. And actually, so much of the armour that is mentioned is to protect us and enable us to stand our ground. Paul is affirming over and over and over again, stand your ground. After you've done everything, stand, stand firm then. Standing spiritually is clearly clearly something that is very important and something each and every one of us 
probably need to get better at doing. Putting our full armour on and knowing how to pray when it comes to spiritual warfare with the sword of the spirit, which, spirit, which is the word of God, is what we need to do. It's what Jesus did when he was fighting the enemy in the wilderness. This kind of praying can sometimes cause us to actually feel quite uncomfortable. Sometimes because of that, we ignore spiritual warfare. We shy away from it. Uh, it seems a bit strange, a bit odd. It's an unknown and it's difficult to understand. Or we maybe think it's not for us and it's only for a certain few people to pray into. Or we go to the opposite extreme of every single thing that happens. We don't get a car parking space in the car park. Oh, it must be spiritual attack. Paul is not making a sensationalist claim here. He's laying out a measured account of a reality. If any of us are in doubt of the forces of evil in our world, then maybe we've been living under a rock for the past five, six months. We live in the reality of good and evil and are standing against it doesn't need to be hyped up, but should also not be ignored and left to someone else. Spiritual armour is for every Christian. It's expected that spiritual warfare is for everyone, you see. Andy often says to me, we either ignore it or we glorify it. We have to pick the side and recognise, as C.S. Lewis said, there is no neutral ground. And so therefore, there can be no neutral people. So we may know that, okay, yeah, there's this thing called spiritual warfare and we know what that is. Um, and we can see that we need to put on the full armour of God as we've been hearing about from Ephesians. But what do we need to actually know about our enemy? Because as Pete Gregg mentions in the How to Prayer book, there's three things that we really need to know to be effective in this kind of prayer. We must know our enemy. We must know our authority and we must know how to fight. And we're going to look at those together this morning. So knowing our enemy, we have to be aware of the fact that the strategies of the enemy are always to operate in deception. It says in John 10, 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But sometimes it can be really subtle. When Andy and I were living in Gloucestershire and both working for a Christian charity, we were based in different geographical areas. And some of those areas were really affluent and some of them were more deprived. And we went through a season where when we were trying to do work with young people and individuals in those areas, we had so much resistance and opposition and the challenges that we faced um, felt so hard and it was really difficult to work out what was going on. And we wondered after we found out that some of the young people in the deprived area that we were working in had been engaging in some spiritual practices um, that were really negative and of the occult. We wondered if that could be why we were having that resistance. And so we prayed into that. But in the more affluent areas, there wasn't that. It was much more subtle and we couldn't work out what was going on. And so we prayed. We asked God, 
we need you. We're crying out to you. We need you to help us know what to do in this time. And then long story short, we found out of some people that were actively engaging in uh, spiritual practices and rituals to try and destroy the work that we were doing in that area. And of course, in that moment where we found that out, we were slightly distracted and disrupted um, and felt discouraged. But actually, we were reminded that what we needed to do is stand our ground, continue to walk around the area and pray, to stand firm and to fight with prayers, words of truth. And we did see breakthrough. And it's such a joy for us to hear nearly seven years after we've left of the fact that there are still um, people working in those areas and there is breakthrough happening and there are people's lives being changed and transformed and nothing to do with us. It's the fact that people have continued to stand their ground. Every time we feel discouraged, it is not a spiritual attack, but sometimes it may be. And you can guarantee that the enemy is delighted when you're discouraged, whether it's a part of his plan or not. Crucially, though, we have not been left without aid. And this is what we're hearing about and being reminded of this morning. When we see disruption, disunity, despair, these are the things that the enemy relishes in. It's real. Ignoring it won't make it go away. Focusing uh, on the disruption alone won't make it any better. We have to know our enemy, but we also have to know the authority that we have because God's saving plan is deliverance and to set us free and for us to choose Jesus and to know the authority that he has given us to pray effectively. We're reminded when we look in Ephesians 1 from verse 18 of the, of the authority that we have been given. I pray that in the eyes of your heart, you may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You see, the acts of the enemy can sometimes be subtle and sometimes maybe not. And we do have the ability to discern when it's happening and how to act accordingly. And I firmly believe that it comes back to us fully understanding and recognising and knowing who we are in Jesus, knowing the authority that we have, when we recognise that call and step into that authority, which we've heard about and is spoken about in Ephesians and in other places like Luke 9, when the disciples are told that they have the same power and authority as Jesus, then we can pray so much more effectively and stand our ground. 
we don't always see prayers answered. And we're in that place, aren't we, as I've already mentioned, of being uh, awaiting Jesus's return. And that's why we don't always see those prayers answered. But I love how Pete Gregg puts it in his book when he says, we have been handed a torch and it is the most precious thing in the world to us. Yet we yearn with all our might for the true light of the sun and the stars in the sky. The question maybe we need to ask ourselves today is, are we longing for the true light? Is the torch of God's truth the most precious thing in the world to us? So we need to know our enemy. We need to know our authority and be blown away by the authority that we have. But we also need to know how to fight. And if we go back to that passage that we read at the beginning, everything that is listed in that passage, as I've already mentioned, is hardware designed for spiritual resistance and standing firm. The only weapon we have is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the Bible. It's Jesus's tactic to use it. And so is that not the greatest example to each and every one of us to follow? Jesus was always teaching about that. And we are meant to do that too, not just say it, but demonstrate it in our actions as well. Last week, when we heard uh, the interview between Mike and Andy, we were reminded again where Mike was saying to us, we have to have these words of truth, these scriptures on the tip of our tongue. We have to feed on them almost three times a day maybe even more so in the season we find ourselves right now. And I was thinking back when I was preparing for this about a spiritual grandmother that I had. Her and her husband are now in heaven uh, and um, they were so influential in our lives when we were growing up. And for a good few years when my mum was having a really tough time, uh, they would take us as a family, the three of us, uh, to Yorkshire every summer holiday for a few weeks. And during those holidays, she would teach us in the morning, get ready for it, uh, words of scripture. She would use games and songs and um, other ways to help us learn the books of the Bible in order and to be able to recite and know words of truth and words of scripture. And you might think that sounds like the worst holiday ever, but I can promise you she made it so fun. And for me as an eight year old, I absolutely loved it. Maybe it's also because I'm quite competitive. And so I wanted to beat my sister when we were practicing them. I don't know. Um, but many a time I also heard her praying the same words in the car, on the beach, in the moors, in her house. And I once asked her, why do we need to do this? And she, I know, knew that I was going to be um, facing battles at times in my life. She knew that the world was going to get harder. And so she wanted us to have uh, those words of truth being like second nature, our default, that they just rolled off of our tongue when we found ourselves in those trials, in those tribulations, in those hard times, for us to remind ourselves that we are fearfully and wonderfully made because the enemy would love for us to doubt that, 
for us to remember from Isaiah 54 that no weapon that forms against us shall prosper. And I can tell you when I kept losing this talk and my computer kept crashing, I was walking around our flat and I was praying those prayers and those words of truth. I never knew back then how that was going to be preparation for what I face now and what we all face. I truly believe that God didn't send this pandemic and this season that we're in, but he does want us to grow stronger through it. And in preparation for this, I was reading um, on Google. In 2019, Google highlighted that the training to go into the army was, and bear with me, basic combat training comes in three phases and lasts around 10 weeks, depending on your military occupational speciality. After you graduate from basic training, you will undergo two additional phases of training known as advanced individual training, where you will then learn the job skills required for your military occupational speciality. Obviously, from that description, it sounds pretty intense uh, and requires a lot of skill and work and time and effort. If, however, we look to see what Google highlighted around the training needed to go into the special armed uh, services known as the SAS. The selection process for the SAS is one of the most difficult military training programs in the world. Its purpose is to test candidates to the utmost limit of their physical and mental abilities. Though rare, it is not unheard of for candidates to die during selection process. That is clearly a step up from the army training. The army training is hard, but the SAS training sounds absolutely brutal. And if you spent any time watching any of the SAS Who Dares Wins, you may have seen some of that. But I believe, and when I read that, that God wanted to say to us, as a church, we need to step from the kind of army training side of prayer into the SAS training side of prayer when it comes to us tackling and praying into spiritual warfare. We have the equipment ready. We have got our Bibles. We've got them with us all the time on our phone. Um, the physical Bible, um, we've always got it with us. And it's gonna be through that and in these times that we can stand firm as we continue to go to him. The enemy would love for this pandemic to distract us, bring us down, make us feel in a place of despair. But God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is at work. And let's just think about what God has been doing in this season. The people that have come along to the Alpha courses, the conversations that maybe you've been able to have with neighbours that you never had before lockdown. The fact that currently Central Hall is being used to bring hope and healing and practical support to people through CAP, counselling, the Soul Food Project that we heard about earlier. Relationships are being formed and we are, through our communities, reaching out to our cities. Of course, there is absolutely more that we can be doing. And of course, at times, it's really hard for so many of us. And we've been hearing about in the last few weeks that it's fine for us to lament and be honest about how we're feeling. But we don't want to just stay there. 
Let's fight from the place of pain because sometimes actually it's the realness of our feelings that can be the most powerful places of prayer. Let's rise together, church family, as an army and pray for one another, even though we can't be physically all together as we would maybe love to. Let's continue to seek out the opportunities to bring hope through Jesus into the lives of others who the enemy would love to stay in a place of dismay. Let's stand. And in the words of Martin Luther, the best thing we can do is put our fists together and pray. Let's claim time and time again for words of truth to ring true across our situations, our city and those in need. Because it's as we do that more and more that our courage um, grows. We get that more from God in those seasons. So that through this pandemic, we are growing every single day, however long it goes on for. May, in a few moments, is going to explain to us that our prayer practice is prayer walking this week. And if you haven't already signed up for the prayer room, we would love you to do that because we recognise that we need to pray. We need to know our enemy. We need to know more so, though, the authority we have and how to fight in prayer so we can continually stand firm in this season and step up into what God has called us into. So I'm just going to pray that simple prayer for us before we go back to May. Heavenly Father, would you help us to stand firm, to know who we are in you so that we can step into that that authority and we can fight the battles that we face every single day. Amen.